done when I say we're done. All right, boys and girls, one of the last chances to sign up for the August seminar. That's August 12th through the 14th. After that will be October 14th through the 16th, then December 9th through the 11th. For camps on the list, we do have a coaching development camp held in Columbus, Ohio at Starring Strength Columbus. That'll be on October 1st. A couple deadlift and power clean camps. As of right now, we have one spot left for Indianapolis on August 20th. And then we'll have another one on September 10th in Houston at Starring Strength Houston. For squat and deadlift camps with spots still on the list, August 21st in Bergen, Norway. August 27th in Beaverton at Starring Strength Beaverton in Oregon. September 17th in Tulsa at Starring Strength Tulsa in Oklahoma. And then for three lift camps on the lift covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift, we have spots available at Villa Park, California. That's in Orange County, California at the Strength Co. on September 24th. And we just added Sandy, Utah with Pain and Gain, Paul and Grant on October 8th, the best abs in the business. A couple camps in Munich, Germany, October 15th and October 22nd. Both of those three lift camps have very limited spots, so don't delay. And then we've just added Baltimore to the list October 30th at 5x3 training. Have you joined the Starting Strength Network? If not, why not? Join now and get access to exclusive content, a private forum, the opportunity to potentially interact with Rip and have him make you cry. It's basically like OnlyFans, but for lifting and with a lot less daddy issues. If you subscribe in the next week, though, you will get an exclusive picture of Ray Gillenwater in nothing but a cowboy hat delivered directly to your inbox. So if you're interested in joining the Starting Strength Network, head over to startingstrength.com and figure it out. And of course, for more information on anything else that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Howdy. How are you? You guys all right? Well, it's it's important to me anyway that you're okay. I mean, I'm okay, you're okay. Remember that? You don't remember that? No, what's that from? Some self-help shit from back, (laughs) back in the 60s. I'm okay, you're okay. Would it have been a book or an infomercial? Yeah, it was, you know, I don't remember. It was, you know, something we did at church when I was a kid. Oh. I'm okay, you're okay. It was a Methodist church, so some... Just know, okay. Liberal oh, horseshit, <laughs> you know. Just, just striving for okayness. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody should accept everybody as they are. That right, kinda, right. That kind of thing. You know, when you, you, know, you hear that shit as a kid... You don't think about it. No. Kids don't think about shit. No, That's why not. you indoctrinate kids instead of teach them. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's all receded into the dim past. I just barely remember. I remember something about it was pink. But I can't. don't remember anything else. Just barely remember it. So anyway... That's what you get when you're a Methodist. Non-committal bullshit. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to do a Q&A today. I know you guys have been 
waited, waiting with, uh, what is bated breath? What do you think that he means? I don't know. Bated breath. Don't, no idea. Like with a minnow? <laughs> earthworm? Should we look it up? On your breath? Yeah. I mean, if they're I have if it's access handy. to all of human knowledge in my <laughs> hands right here. You got your little terminal there, knowledge terminal. Yeah. Let's go. Bated breath. Oh, no, not that. I don't even know how it's spelled. It may be B-A-T-E-D instead of B-A-I. I think it is. B-A-T-E-D. Bated. Maybe that's short for abated. Bated breath, B-A-T-E-D. In a nervous and excited state anticipating what will happen. So that's short breath. Yeah, let's see what... Bated breath with abated breath. I get it. It's a contraction, actually. How about that? Well, now, even if you don't get anything else out of today's podcast, you have learned something about the English language, haven't you? All right. It's a, it's a phrase first mentioned in Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. It's an abbreviation of the word abated. Hmm? There you go. You See, and, without you telling me that. You and Shakespeare. Me and Shakespeare. You're right there. Yep. <laughs> okay. But before we get to this important Q&A situation we've got going today, it's going to be comments comments from from the heaters. He has the pancake titties you'd expect of a SS coach. But he doesn't have the obligatory huge gut. I can't believe this is real. That's great. Who's he talking about? Dealing with a misloaded barbell with Byron Johnson. Oh, Byron. Or Johnston. I don't I know don't, if Byron is ready for this level of hatred. Man. I'm not familiar <laughs> with Byron's guy. titties. Byron is our is our uh, new UK guy. Is he? And I, he's a nice guy, man. I don't know if he can handle this kind of <laughs> this kind of pressure. Well, fucking haters. It's just you know, just what these pieces of shit will <laughs> turn in. You know. All right. Oh, here's a big long explanation of important things from. Jim Cortez. <laughs> As the body ages, the ability to correct genetic damage and imperfections diminishes. It's getting good. How is genetic damage corrected, Jim? <laughs> Gamma ray At the DNA <laughs> level? Is that, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> There is nothing that can be done about that. It's simply a matter of aging. However, while this reduction occurs, the body also has a reduction in testosterone, which limits the growth of abnormal tissue and, in effect, keeps the body in a relative state of homeostasis. Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know any of that. But then, if you limit your carbs, you starve the cancer. So there's or something that. like that. There's that too. So. Yeah. So what do we do? 
Well, we go get testosterone replacement therapy and dramatically increase the body's levels of testosterone. It's all shits and giggles until the <laughs> prostate is the size of a small orange. <laughs> he's... He's, sounds as though he's running from the evidence he, he, of every he, single man on he, TRT is dying from prostate cancer he, right he now. Apparently, thinks this is true. Yeah. <laughs> he's concerned. Every he's, single he's man. Con, he's confident that this is in fact true. There is evidence. <laughs> Here it is. Here we go. That high reps with light weights will naturally increase the levels of testosterone. Well, wouldn't that increase the size of the prostate to a size of a small orange? natural though it's natural so it's not yeah if this is true which is not <laughs> doesn't it stand to reason that high reps with the kettlebell is much more advantageous than super heavy barbells with high shearing force and the necessity of getting a test shot every so often thank god for jim cortez <laughs> this level of expertise can't be obtained just anywhere it's only available on the comments, on comments, comments. From, from the heaters. You know, anyone that says the, yeah. the body is equivalent to people that say sport. Sport. <laughs> the body. Sport. Well, when the body... Shut the fuck up. Okay, let's see here. Joshua Bond. I love Rip, but he couldn't be more wrong about CrossFit. Someone should tell him that Rich Froning cleans 405, deadlifts 570, and runs a six-minute mile, and he weighs like 190. He's Rip has never CrossFit. trained an athlete that would even qualify for the CrossFit Games. He's right about the numerous bad coaches, but those affiliates never last. Hmm. Which CrossFit so athlete was that? Rich Froning got to that doing uh, main site wads, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. He got that from doing Murph and shit. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, Joshua doesn't understand how Rich Froning trained. Or how strong Rich Froning Rich, was before Rich he Rich Froning doing didn't do main site CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's, I don't understand about CrossFit. Because I've had no experience with CrossFit. No. I don't know anything about those people. Nothing. Never been around them. How would you know? How would I know? Yeah. All right. This guy motivates people. He says he's trying to stave off death. He's only in his early 60s. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. This guy's at least mid six. <laughs> you know, oh, how do these people know all this shit about me? <laughs> That's the part I don't understand. All right, and Sunny Girl says, I agree with nearly everything here, but one thing I can't wrap my head around, and I mean this respectfully, why don't you guys look muscular? For example, your forearms look completely unused. How does that happen? This is uh, commenting about the uh, misinformation about the Star Trek program, Star Trek gyms. This is the, the picture of these three thugs, J.D. and what's the, blonde, what's the blonde boy's the name? Chase. Chase. 
and who's this other guy down there? Wells. Wells, Josh. Their forearms look completely unused. Those are some underdeveloped guys, for sure. Yeah. Small. She's basing this, of course, upon one picture. How do you, how do your forearms look underused? I don't know. Chase Chase deadlifts over seven thirty. <laughs> His forearms are fine. Look, that's a that's a well used forearm. <laughs> no, there's a, and that's the left side. <laughs> <laughs> that one got me. That's the one I don't. And that's <laughs> comments, comments from. from the haters. <laughs> okay, now look at Bree still smiling <laughs> off of that one. That was a good one. Well, <laughs> all right, we got paper Q and A today, as we call it. Paper Q and A is in contrast to the call-in Q and A, which are easier for me. I don't have to read anything. Right. Yeah. Right? You just get to do your favorite thing. Just, just talk, talk to people. Talk just to people. talk. Yep. Just, you know. All right. Dear Straighting Strength Radio. I'm just reading. We're off to I recently start. relocated from California to Texas, partly because of my work and partly because of listening to Coach Ripito. I don't believe that shit. Nobody moved to Texas because they listened to me. I guess this makes me a C-L-I-T. A clit. That is a Californian living in Texas. Ah, I didn't know that. It was a term. That's something to keep in mind, isn't it? One of those is useful. One of them is not, though. That's the difference. Right. One of those things we like. (laughs) The other of those things we don't like. Uh, <laughs> I hope one day to get my full Texas citizenship. Nope. Can't happen. be done. Sorry. Can't be done. Got to be. Your grandfather had to have been born here. It's been eight years for me. I still don't have it. Actually, if my grandfather was born in Tennessee, so I'm not even. You're not even a real Texan. Well, we better change that. Then. <laughs> Let's be, make it five years. Got to be. Got to be. Uh, no, your father had to have been born in Father, Texas. okay. Right. Where was your father born? Nicaragua. Nicaragua. So. Yeah, you're fucked. fucked. Yep. Can't can't third be world, a native. Can't third be world a country. Native. You definitely Texas. can't come from a third world country and be Texan. I have a Texas question. What is the right way to say Texan? Texan. Texan. I'm pronouncing these according to the vowels I'm provided. Texan. Texan. That's e n. Or Texican. Let's well, pronounce Texan. However you want to spell that. It's probably a schwa. Yeah. It's that upside down E. Right. That phonetic symbol. Yep. Schwa. Now, That'd be Texas good... is pronounced T-E-X-I-Z. Texas. 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 Not Texas. No, that's I'm learning. That's what Yankees say. Texas. This is this is a good question. You could say IS, but it's really it's IZ. It's a good question for the test that they should take to move here. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Texas. How is 
T-E-X-A-S actually pronounced? Texas. Texas. It's Texas. Do you guys know that? Texas. It's fake Texans. And they're from Texas. Fake Still didn't know that. All right. I'm hearing variations, and I figured since there's a right way to load plates on a bar, there must be a right way to say Texan. Well, you're right, Jeff. (laughs) There is. And now you know it. Okay. Okay. Now, now this is, are you saying this is, these aren't network? These are networks. That one was the not. The other ones are not. Okay. That question was supposed to be last. You scrambled them. All right. Well, I fucked something up every time, though. So you are probably used to that by now. All right. R. Miller, 1991, uh, says his little brother just turned 16 years old. It's about one year post-leukemia recovery and is dying to train with me. Poor choice of words are. Okay. The medical steroids and treatments he was on have messed his right shoulder up majorly. It's frozen and won't allow his arm to go overhead anymore than about halfway, so he can't overhead press anytime soon. All right. The steroids didn't mess one shoulder up. That's not how they work. All right. There is something else that messed his shoulder up, and it's probably having been still for a long time. That's what messed his shoulder up. It's uh, frozen. You uh, can't overhead press in time. What would you recommend I do with him as a substitute for the overhead press, if anything? Well, I could start him out on lat pulls. He needs to work the range of motion, and lat pulls are a good way to do that. Do you think uh, without subjecting the shoulder to the full body weight of a chin? Do you think that you know? um, doing the shoulder rehab would help him? No, not not till he gets it freed up. Well, does, isn't that you're, what the... You're, you're going to have to pull it into yeah. position yeah. Uh, before you can press it into position. Yeah, but using so, the rings is what I'm saying. Well, you know, I, that's a good point. You might be able to use the rings to walk it up, yeah. but I think that... The most straightforward way is to just start off with a real light weight on a lat pull and just work that thing up through the range of motion a little at a time. He's going to hear some pops and cracks and some other unpleasant shit, but it'll it'll free itself up. Um, I've heard of uh, uh, a frozen shoulder being treated by putting you under general anesthesia and just jerking thing back (laughs) into fucking position you know i've heard of that but uh i think the best thing to do would be to have him uh you got access to a lat machine that's the it's gonna be the easiest way to do it start off lightweight work the range of motion a little bit at a time let the weight pull it up into position. I says he can bench okay with that range of motion. Surprised me by getting 95 for five or on his first go at a body weight of 120. No, that's not bad. 
Body weight's obviously priority number one, but was curious if he saw any benefits some alternate alternate movement for his shoulders. He can't really do chins either, at least not at full range of motion in the bottom. Also, I don't suppose he should be concerned that building up his shoulder structure before the tendons get broken loose and range of motion is restored will slow down the healing process. Am I correct in that? He's 5'9", 120. Skinny as a rail, still growing. Yeah. Uh, I, I just have him uh, find him a lat machine. Let's try that. Find him a lap machine. Try it the easy way. I I think that you're you don't appreciate how fast this thing will improve. You can get a lot of it done in two or three workouts. All right. Ali has two questions. Number one is in my lane. Good. All right. I'm really fascinated by the program and how the body adopts, he means adapts, to physical stress. I really want to learn more about strength. In the imaginary case, putting a ranked novice trainee into squat-only program, and say he squats 450 for five after one year, and then you do the same first day test for press, bench, deadlift at the end of year one, should we expect... 5RM of these other three lifts will be much, slightly, moderately higher compared to the same test done in day one. In other words, will the general increase of strength through squat is the most important exercise? Will it decrease the 5R, increase 5RM of the other lifts even if you won't train them? Any expansion of this topic is appreciated. Disclaimer, I'm doing the program, and my question is not to suggest changing the program rather than understand how the strength works. Yeah, you'll if you uh, uh, just squat and don't do anything else, everything else gets strong, too. Obviously not at an optimum rate, but it does, in fact, get strong because the, the system strengthens. And... Uh, I mean, really, it's a kind of a silly question, but if if you're uh, if you want to know how it works, that the 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 whole thing adapts, everything gets stronger. Just holding onto the bar with four or fifty, it's going to make your arms and your upper back and your is he saying shoulders uh, and everything strong? Deadlift squat only program. Squat only. Squat only. Yeah. Squat only. Yeah, but there's. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's things you. Miss. There's plenty of guys out there who squat more than they deadlift because they just haven't paid attention to their deadlift, right. They haven't right? been so deadlifting. It's not like their deadlift will be automatically way way stronger just because they squat. But I mean, yeah, if they're if. But if you're not doing the deadlift, your back is not going to be as strong exactly. <clears throat> as it would be if you were doing the deadlift. Then it's going to come out of your squat. Yep, that's right. Okay, so out of your lane. In one of the radio shows, you categorized women in five grades, grade one to be nuns who only care about their Jesus, and grade five who are fun to be with, but there is a risk of murdering you. If I remember correctly, Bree was between two and three, nice girl suitable for marriage. My question is, do you have a similar grading for men? If yes, which grade do you put yourself? How about Nick and Rusty? 
Oh shit! All right, this is the. Are we sure that she's a? This two is or the three, P though? scale. Yeah. Are you sure that she's a two or three? Yeah, she's a two. You think so? Yeah. I don't think we know her well enough. I, I, have you ever killed anyone? There's a pause there. Does it bother you to step on cockroaches? Mm-mm. Doesn't? Well, do I have a shoe on? Yeah. Then no. No, it doesn't. She's, well, th- she's three, four. She's three, four. She's not three, four. You don't think so? There's no fucking way. She wouldn't bother she herself might be to a slash three. someone's tires. Yeah, that's are you, true. Yeah, she that's might true. be she a three. Because four, fours, fours are property damage. Fours are dangerous. Five, well, fives are, are fives are complete a, disregard for their own personal a, a health. Fives are psychopaths. Right. They're, 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 Brie will never in her entire life stalk somebody. She's no. never going to no. put herself out to get back at somebody. Absolutely not. Brie. not. That's true. Absolutely not. She's a two or a three. I retract my statement, too. I would, I would, I'd say, given her the benefit of the doubt, I'd say she's a three. Because you'd rather be a three than a two. I think she's a two. Because the twos twos are... She's too much of a robot. Yeah. She's too much of a robot. She is right here. And she's a... She is a two. She's something I haven't said she's to her probably face. a two. I'm, no, I'm going I'm, I'm saying she's a two. Yeah. But maybe she can learn to be a three. <laughs> she can. She can aspire to threehood. You know. Just get a little more interesting. You know. Say <laughs> there you go. Uh, she's back at a two. <laughs> All right, here's Marty Fox. Wait, is there no scale for men then? No, there's no scale. There's no for scale men. for men. No it's scale pretty simple, men. right? If there was a scale for men, a woman would have to develop it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to take on that responsibility. <laughs> All right. You remember the hot crazy matrix? The guy on Jaeger's yeah. video? Vaguely. Yeah. So vaguely. It was hot crazy, and then no woman is low is less than a four crazy. It's four to, one to ten scale. But then yeah. he drew the men. Yeah. And it was like. It was like richness uh-huh. versus attractiveness, uh-huh. and then that was it. Those the only two. <laughs> right. and, then, and then the richness would way override any attractiveness. One hundred percent. That's true. One hundred percent. That's obviously true. <laughs> yeah. Obviously true. All right. I mean, uh, Julia Roberts did marry Lyle Levitt. <laughs> Right. That is an objectively ugly fellow. <laughs> He's an unusual looking guy. <laughs> Unfortunately, but he has a little new word. He's got some scratch. So anyway, maybe he's just real, real interesting, and maybe, maybe. she's not superficial. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Could be. Maybe it's just really funny. It happens, you know. Hey, it happens. <laughs> I when a thirty-two-year-old athlete falls over dead. Right. What we're supposed to say now is. Hey, that happens. It happens. No, it doesn't. Football. <laughs> no, pitch. it doesn't. Fucking hey, it happens. with dead young men. Jesus. Okay, now Marty Fox checking in. I discovered that there's evidence out there of a race of giant humans who lived all over the world, and who may still be living in isolation. Are these, in fact, giants or simply men who have maxed out their starting strength novice linear progression? Marty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Zach Milunchik. Cruising today. Milunchik. <laughs> who is formerly Zach the Jew. Oh, he changed Zach Milunchik. Zach the Jew here asked Steph <laughs> to artist. change my profile to my real name. Now, why did he want to out himself? I don't know. He just needs people knocking on his door. The artist formerly known as Zach the <laughs> Zach Jew. The Zach the Jew. <laughs> He'll always be Zach the Jew to us, though. Right. What causes the jackhammer effect when lifting a heavy deadlift? Uh, Normally it's a knees getting off of it. All right. So what do you mean? Let's let's describe what he means by that. All right. So when you you get, let's say you get a heavy deadlift and you're one of these guys that does this. I've never done it. But uh, there's you get the bar up and this typically takes place just below the knee. Bar slides to a stop, and you start kind of oscillating like this back and forth. We've all seen it, at least on videos. It's I've never, seen it never lots of meets. You. Never happened, Did that happen to, me. to you. Uh, the, I sent you that one video of it um, getting away from my knees, and right, my right, knees yeah. were trying to get to the yeah. bar. It may have something to do with that, but it's <clears throat> it's obviously a, a some kind of a cyclic contraction effect between the between the hamstrings. And I guess the quads. I don't know. I've seen it. I haven't seen it often enough that I've had an opportunity to actually sit down and watch it happen and look at it and try to determine what was going on. But I know what I know. What he's talking about. Right. Yeah. It's never happened to me. Yep. I don't remember it happening to anybody that I've trained. I see it at meets. It's the only place I've ever seen it. Is it a power meet? And it happens when the thing slides to a stop below the knee. Right. And then you start going back and forth. Finally, you set the bar down because it ain't going to go up. Once that starts, you can't finish the pull. Yeah, it's like Rusty said. Usually, whenever I've seen it, it's it's the the knees coming away from the bar. Yeah. So it's just a yeah. little. It's timing thing where the knees have extended a little too fast. It could be something to do with that, but it, it, that would indicate that it was had something to do with back angle as well. But uh, right there, see. But I, you know, I have seen people do that a little bit as the knee cro- as the bar crosses the knee, and then they come out of it and go ahead and finish the right. pull. Yeah, yeah. But if it's a fatal error, it happens below the knees. Yep. If I would have got that up right above my knee, it would have stopped. But. Yeah, there was about, I would say, about half an inch from yeah. me in the bar, and my knee was just trying to get to it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. So what causes it? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. It's an oscillation between the hamstrings and the quads, though. Tell that. And what neurological situation causes that? I, if You know, Cardell used to do that at a meet all the time. Mm-hmm. He was predisposed to the kind of tremor. Yeah. But I, uh, what what caused it, I don't know. All right. Dear Mark, does strength training help with hair loss? Oh, shit. Dude's so worried about let's let's hair. you know let's take the uh let, let's follow the pattern established by these idiots that have taken the fourth booster of the vaccine just think how much hair i would have lost had i not been strength training <laughs> yeah, right. 
right? <laughs> now. <laughs> oh Christ. If you if you had started losing your hair earlier, what, what would you have done? Would you care that much? Uh, do I care now? No, I'm, I, I don't know. You're 60 whatever. Maybe you're like, yeah, I'd expect this to happen. But if you were 35. Shit's if I'd started crazy. losing my hair when I was 35, I'd... Uh, <clears throat> uh, you wouldn't give a shit. My, my, my buddy, my buddy I, he, I, he started losing his at 22. Yep. And it messed with him. You know that Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. 22. Yeah, 22. He's, he started losing He's his not hair. just a little bald. He is shiny bald. Yeah. 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 He's what I strive to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I messed with him for a yeah, while. I, and then eventually he accepted it and he I mean, it was cool with Well, I mean, that's early, but yeah. he, he, there's guys in their in their 30s and early 40s, they start freaking out. Their hair starts getting thin. Yeah. What, what the fuck? No, I didn't, just, never did never really worried about it but anytime you get real worried about it just remember captain picard <laughs> that's right all right <laughs> yeah. you know he wasn't worried about it and right. you shouldn't be either right right all right all right on the last q a this is cameron and it's on the last you know you mentioned your septum had redeviated after surgery i have a deviated septum myself and have been recommended to get the surgeries listed below which are septoplasty and turbinate reduction, that's what I had, uh, endoscopic sinus surgery, and balloon dilation. They want to do all three of these damn things? Well, that's interesting. Uh, I've read mixed accounts from people who've had the procedure, and I'm curious about your experience with the condition and surgery. I've always had somewhat clogged nasal passages, but have no problem sleeping or smelling. Wondering if the benefit is worth the risk and cost. Also curious about oxymetazoline, as I've only been prescribed fluticasone and azelastine, HCL, for allergies. Guessing since I sleep well, the oxymetazoline wouldn't have much benefit. Well, you don't know how well you're sleeping because you're asleep when you're doing it and you kind of don't know, right? So what I would do is, since you don't have to be prescribed oxymetazoline, I'd get some and I'd use it and see what happens. You know, it doesn't do anything, then don't use it anymore. Right? It's there, there are no acute side effects. So get it, put some in there, see if you sleep better, even better than you're sleeping now. And uh, as far as my uh, uh, experience with the surgery, uh, we did that back, oh, it's been 17 years ago, I think, a uh, long, long time ago. And I could breathe a little better for a couple of years, but I think that the processes that cause a deviated septum are not terribly well understood, at least not by me. And uh, it went back. Went back to the way it was, redeviated. Uh I didn't really have any trouble with that surgery. I didn't. The weirdest thing about it is I never had a minute's pain from any of that. They chopped out a bunch of my turbinate on the right nostril on this side. And there was blood and a bunch of other shit, you know, clots and all this other nasty shit that comes out of your comes out of your nose. But uh, 
as far as pain, I never had the slightest bit of pain, not one bit of pain from any of that. And that was the most surprising aspect of that whole thing. Is like they go in there and, and take out your turbinate bone, just chisel it away so that it gets out of your airway. So you can breathe. You would expect that to ache a little bit anyway, but it didn't even do that. You know, and uh, he got in there and fixed it. I think that surgery took about 30 minutes. I did it on Versid. So I just vaguely remember it. Uh, but I didn't have any trouble with it at all. But by the same token, I don't know what it accomplished. Since the right side is closed back up pretty bad. Now, when I do the oxymetazoline at night before I go to sleep, it opens it up and I don't have any breathing problems at night. I don't snore much. And I've not, as far as I know, I don't have sleep apnea. So uh, I would try the oxymetazoline before I did these steroids. And uh, see if they make you sleep even better than you're already sleeping because you might be surprised now here's the thing that i heard just the other day all right that i found to be interesting uh fluticasone and what's the other one budesonide the two uh, over-the-counter nasal steroids are sometimes associated with glaucoma i didn't know that um and uh, I was surprised to hear it because I have, last time I had my eyes checked, I had a little tiny bit of glaucoma in this eye. And uh, so I'm going to stop taking my fluticasone for a while and then go get my eye pressure checked again and see if it has any bearing on that. But, uh, uh, you know, long-term use of nasal steroids is is regarded as perfectly safe and uh it is uh is it i believe the the conventional wisdom is that those medications stay in the targeted tissues but if that's the question how is the association with glaucoma possible obviously they don't stay 100 percent in the affected in the in the targeted tissues so, uh, um, as far as my experience with the surgery, I couldn't have had a better time with it. It just seems to be pointless since the septum redeviated, but that's no reason for you to not have it done. You know. That's a usual outcome that it redeviates? Or is it? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. He said it sometimes happens. Oh, gotcha. All right. But I don't know if it's always. All right. Okay. Hi, Rip. I have a question about my horse. Maybe you can help. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> All right. Uh, he has an intermittent. He has an intermittent. Implies that he's a gelding though sometimes marked, upward fixation of the patella, mostly presenting in the left hind, but sometimes in both. Since you're a horse guy and know a lot about a lot of things, I thought you might be able to help. 
Also, your recent conversations with the doc on hormones piqued my interest as my horse has been treated with a variety of treatments, including estradiol. Well, I wonder why they would have treated a gelding with estradiol. I don't understand that. It could be that uh, when you geld a horse, because testosterone is uh, uh, aromatized estradiol, estrogen, that they thought his estradiol level was low because of that, and they maybe they thought it would have something bearing on the integrity of the stifle joints where the where the patellas are. She says her horse is a Dutch warm blood, eight-year-old, 17-hand. That's a nice horse. What is gelding? Gelding means... Oh, gotcha. Right. Uh, the vets originally indicated that with regular work, he'd grow out of it. I've been, I'm assuming he's talking about the, the uh, patella situation. I've been training dressage with him five, six days a week for the last three years, and he's not grown out of it. Well, then he's not going to. All right. The vets are not often any more correct than the doctors are. So the poor things. All right. Uh, another popular opinion of the vets who have seen him is to do surgery, transection of the medial patellar ligament. What are your thoughts on that procedure long term? And in your opinion, is there anything I could do non-surgically to fix this issue? Well, I've had no personal experience uh, with horses that needed that kind of surgery and if it was me i wouldn't have it done because if they fuck up and cripple your horse he's done he's done he's you know killer horse and if he's if he's sound right now i'd leave him alone i mean if it's affecting his gates uh I mean, if if I if I had an eight year old Dutch warm blood that I was trying to do dressage with, and I was serious enough about dressage that uh, I was doing it five to six days a week, uh, I think I'd get another horse uh, before I would have this one operated on, because he's going to have to be off of. They're going to have him in a sling. You know, unless there's something about that surgery I don't understand, they're going to have him in a sling for a while. And that's not good. That's not good for them. It's not good for their backs. It's not good for anything. It makes it hard. I've got a bunch of pressure on his gut all the time. You might colic him. There's all kind of nasty shit. That, this doesn't sound like a good idea to me, and I think I would put that horse somewhere else, and I think I'd be saving up for another one. Now, a big, nice 17-hand Dutch warm blood is an expensive horse. But you've got one already. Maybe you don't want to spend a bunch of money on another one. I don't know. Maybe what might you do is maybe take him back to twice a week dressage and see if the condition rectifies itself with a little less work instead of what you're doing with him now. That'd be the only thing I could suggest. Uh, Long-term, non-surgically to fix this issue. I'm concerned about premature arthritis in the joints and his ability to do the work as we attempt to move up through the levels. Uh, I don't know. If, if the thing is already 
screwed up, it's probably indicates to you that you've got the wrong horse. Uh, another vet indicated there may have a navicular issue in the left fore. Someone suggested two issues could be related, but I don't know if that's true. I don't know how they'd be related. Navicular disease is common among horses of all breeds and all sizes. And, uh, of course, the lighter the horse is, the less it's going to be a problem. A 17-hand Dutch warm blood is a 1,350, 1,400-pound horse. He's a big horse. And, you know, I don't know if he's – you had mentioned that he was lame on it. I'd, I'd uh, be maybe suspect of the navicular on the left, but I think your biggest problems are the stifle joints in the back. And I – if I owned that horse, I would probably sell that horse get something else he's worth something to somebody and i think i'd start there i think that's what i would do what's an expensive horse cost what is it now yeah i don't know what the hell i'm been out of the horse market for 20 years i don't know but previously that horse uh would have started at eight or ten grand just because the way he's bred yeah those uh, warm bloods are worth a hell of a bunch of money, and uh, they're they're beautiful, big, tall, stout, nice, big, fat bones, bred to do this kind of performance. Massage hmm. so work is tough. So, what's a cheap horse? Thousand bucks? I don't know. Been out of the horse business. Well, back back then. Back then, cheap horse was four hundred dollars. Oh, okay. Quite a range then. Yeah, oh, yeah. you can't believe. Yeah. I mean, syndicated racehorse is millions of dollars. Sure, right, right, right. You know, but uh, just a pleasure gelding, $800, $1,000, probably now four or five grand. I don't know. Mm. I do not know. It's, you know, that's one of the things that, really pisses me off here I am finally able to afford a nice horse <laughs> and I can't ride <laughs> fuck it's awful just fucking awful god almighty alright Mark First, thank you, read your books. Great, helpful, wonderful, love you. All right. <laughs> I'm competing, deadlift only, in November of this year. 65 to 69 age group. After almost two years of training, I'm still experimenting with the best program for someone my age, 66, who has had some prior injuries, including hip replacement as well as typical shoulder, elbow, mobility issues. Connected to weightlifting for the past 50 years. Currently, I train the deadlift weekly. 10-week cycles, going light, deloading every third week. Seems to work for me. I competed last November, pulled 500. Ideally, I'd like to surpass 500 this November and avoid overtraining or injuries. Questions regarding weekly lifts. Questions regarding weekly lifts slash 
exercises to augment the deadlift, including frequency, percentages, reps, and sets for someone our age. All right, Mike, here's the here's the deal. Um, I think that not enough attention has been paid to my recommendation in the blue book for haltings and rack pulls. I think haltings and rack pulls work very well. If you want to avoid overtraining, one of the best ways to do that is to avoid deadlifting. Because deadlifting is very long range of motion and it's hard to recover from. It's easy to overtrain. And I think that you ought to look in the blue book and I think you ought to move over for about six months and try it to haltings and rack pulls. Now, this would take you up pretty close to the meat if you were to do that now and use my recommendations in the book. Don't do any other pulls except for haltings and rack pulls, and you're going to do one one week and one the next week. So you have a heavy workout every week of a different exercise. It's a shorter, both of them are shorter range of motion than the deadlift itself. Both of them are easier to recover from, even though they can be used with very heavy weights. The rack pull should be above your competition deadlift weight. If you pulled 500, you're going to be rack pulling in the 525, 535 range at the time of the meet, somewhere in there. You know, and it's, uh, uh, they've been very productive when I've put people on them. I think that recently people are starting to talk about halting deadlifts again and uh they're an excellent way to train uh percentages are bullshit for reasons we've explained a hundred times in the past and uh i think the haltings and the and the rack pulls are the way to go read about them in the blue book and now the final question and the final answer and the final answer in fact i'm 72 that's much masters guys yeah talked to us this week and starting my second month at starting strength i'm currently deadlifting two and a quarter squating 135 two t's keep that in mind pressing 80 Bench in night two and a half and chining two ends. Six five four max set. That's pretty good. Uh what that's a pretty good press on a ninety two and a half bench. Right? My question, is there a point where I will level off on my increase in weights and settle into some type of maintenance program? Well sure. Of course there is. But if you dwell on that, Dan, guess what's going to happen? It'll happen next week. It'll happen real soon. Very, very soon. You'll get into the, into the mindset of, I'm strong enough. Right. There's no such thing as strong enough. And, you know, I think you'll... Be shocked at how much stronger you currently get. I'd be real surprised if you weren't pulling over 300 by the end of this year. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I'd be real surprised if you weren't squatting two and a quarter by the end of this year. 
I'd be real surprised if you were not pressing 110 and benching 165, 175, somewhere in there. Your chin's probably going to stay the same. I would just, as your body weight goes up, your chin's went up with the reps staying the same. Understand? Fair stay. The uh, chin reps at uh, six chins at a body weight of, you don't say what your body weight is. You left that out. Dan, dumbass, you left out your body weight. So if you're, you gain 20 pounds of body weight and your chins stay at six, your chins went up, right? Everybody understand that? So uh, don't be thinking about maintenance. Man, you're just getting started. You're just in the maintenance should maintenance should be a thing that happens reluctantly. Maintenance no. should be something it's that like, oh, you're forced into, exactly. not that you look volunteered to do. All right, I'm maintenancing, and even even really, I'm not. But I'm if somebody could be said to be doing maintenance training, that's what I'm doing. Even though I do set local PRs here and there, but you. If you're already thinking about that, you've been trained too much, and you start thinking about about maintenance, man, don't be a pussy, Dan. Just, you know, forward, onward. Poor Dan. Poor Dan. This is the worst decision ever made. Well, he's in Boise. Right. Oh, that's he's all those fucking pussies up in Boise. <laughs> They're telling about maintenance and shit. <laughs> Man, you're hitting maintenance anything. You're maintenance in nothing. You're going to be charging like the stallion that you are. John Dowdy's going to come down here wanting to fight you. I don't care. <laughs> I don't fight. I shoot. <laughs> I stab. John, John Dowdy doesn't want to fight anybody. I bomb. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, look, it's all gone. Everything's gone. All the paper's gone on the paper Q&A. So we're done with this silly nonsense. And uh, and it couldn't have happened a moment sooner. Did I say anything right? Couldn't, it, and not a moment too soon. That's what I meant to say. And not a moment too soon. I'm confused. Blood went, sugar's dropping again. I got to go. A master of the English language at the beginning of the podcast, right? To, to, to this, a, whatever this babbling is. fool. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long cheeseburger day. time. It's been a long day without a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a Scotch cheeseburger. That's what I'm gonna do. And I really hope right Scott's now. getting some business off of you, promoting them every time. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I doubt they are, but I hope yeah. they're. Nobody here know, even knows we have a podcast, so That's true. it's probably not happening. That's true. Yep. All right. Well, boys and girls, thank you for being with us again this week, and we will see you, you next time right here on Starting Strength Radio.